Hello, I'm Wayne, and this is my Iron Maiden podcast. On these shows, I look at the songs of Iron Maiden and how they've influenced me growing up as a boy in 1980s and 1990s Birmingham. I still live in Birmingham, so have a listen to the songs today as well and see if anything's changed. This week, I'm looking at The Edge of Darkness, which is track 9 on the X Factor album. Last week, I looked at Blood on the World's Hands. I had some feedback on the show. I had quite a lot of bizarre messages this week. A few questions about Steve Harris going to the toilet. Now, that wasn't the main thing, was it? It was more about how he might wake up and mess about on the bass guitar and then maybe use it as an intro to a song. That was the point. Not about him having a wee. But yeah, got questions like, how did he flush the toilet? How did he wash his hands? Well, it doesn't matter, does it? The, the flush, surely you can work it out. He's, he's obviously got a sensor, hasn't he? One of those where you walk away and it flushes. He's, he's got money for that. So, you know, use your imagination. You know, it's not one of them old-fashioned ones you have to pull down. And then Similar question, why didn't he brush his teeth like Blaze did when he did Blaze? Oof. You can't have it both ways, can you? If he can't flush the toilet or wash his hands, apparently, then how can he brush his teeth? So, you know, you fell into your own trap there. So, yeah, well, well thanks for your interest anyway. I suppose it's nice to have some comments. Now, I had a message from Martin Chuzzlewit, and he said, with all these war songs, did he know that Peace of Mind was released nearer to the Second World War than it was to today? No, I didn't, so thanks for that. I did have some comments about the song I covered, which was nice. Uh, Don McIntyre mentioned about the bass, the intro, and it reminded him of a song by Yes called The Fish. So yeah, have a listen to that and see what you think. I mentioned the bass intro, and I mentioned a couple of other songs that had a sort of bass intro, but clearly I missed some out. Um, So yeah, I've got a few people mentioning The Clairvoyant, which also has a bass intro. And Daniel Armstrong was the first to mention this. So if there was a prize, he'd win it. But there isn't a prize. Naturally, there was a bit of talk about old chocolate bars. And that's been a theme lately, for some reason. Dan Cole mentioned Spira. And that was a Cadbury's bar that came in around the late 80s. And it was in the shops until the early 21st century. This is another chocolate bar that people want back. You can see Facebook groups and petitions. It was called Spira. Because it was like a spiral of chocolate winding down into like a chocolate finger. And there's two of them in a pack, like a Twix or a Drifter. And there's rumours that you could drink your cup of tea through it, using it as a straw. But I never tried this. I just ate it. Now Dan Cole also raised a point about Bernard Matthews' golden drummers not being as good as they used to be. And this might seem irrelevant, because it's not chocolate. But it's another thing that's changed. You know, And again, we've talked about that. Um, so yeah, this is an interesting question, and one that might need investigation, and apparently I know just the person. Look for the truth, I'm gonna show you so many things you won't believe, let's look for the truth. Hello 
Alright. So, you know why we're here? Yeah? Are you going to play my theme tune before this? Yeah, yeah, we'll do. I'm excited. Okay. This is my chance to shine. Look for the truth and show you so many things. You do realise that you've just been asked to look at Bernard Matthews' golden drummers? Yeah, but all I wanted was a mission. Okay, yeah, that's very good, but I haven't got much time. Can we call it an assignment? Yeah, whatever, or a mission. So, you know about the comment we've had then, because we've mentioned that before this chat, so we're here to talk now about your findings. About Bernard Matthews' golden drummers? Yeah, so remember, the comment was that they're not as nice anymore. So what do you say to this? I don't think they've changed. I think it's a perception, a bit like an optical illusion. How? Well, nowadays, you can cook them in the grill, or the oven, or the air fryer, so it might be inconsistent, you know, the crispy texture. Okay. I think my mum cooked them under the grill in the 80s. I used to have them with baked beans and tin potatoes. I think memories and nostalgia have tainted our opinion. So are they called drummers and not drumsticks? I don't know. It's a brand name. Drumsticks are lollies, like Trevor threw out of the fate. Oh yeah, I forgot you were there. You can get other frozen turkey products now. Alright, calm down a bit. Dinosaurs, unicorns. What do you mean? You know, shaped like those things. What, what sort of dinosaurs? T-Rex and Stegosaurus. Not a pterodactyl? No. They're rubbish. I hung around the frozen aisle at the supermarket. Okay. I was hoping to chat to some housewives about it and some men. What do you mean? Well, I had a pretend microphone and I recorded their responses on my phone. Shall I play them? Uh, did you get their consent to use it on a podcast? No. We can't hear it then. Well, I've got an idea for the next episode. What, for the song 2am? Yeah. What is it? Maybe we could have a chat at 2am. About what? I don't know. I haven't got that far yet. Right, well, quite clearly that series isn't going to catch on. So, uh, yeah, let's move on from that. And, yeah, don't don't be sending in questions and, and things for him to investigate because that, that's not happening. We're not doing that. It's not like write my mix up. You know, I humoured Trevor, but Pterodactyl Mark, I don't want him going around supermarkets and doing research in the streets and talking to people, scaring them. We're here to talk about Iron Maiden. Now, quite a long time ago, I said that the song I'm covering this week is The Edge of Darkness. And, uh, yeah, like last week, let's look at the title. I mean, just the words, it, that could fit in with other themes we've had. War, depression, and, uh, yeah, maybe the edge of darkness. It's got, like, a personal meaning to you. I remember being attacked on the edge of a dark forest. You know, that's an example. You know, that, don't worry, that was by some goblins in a role-playing game. But, you know, it was still a shock. Now, whatever you think the title means... Um, we actually get an explanation in the first line of the song, where it says, I've looked into the heart of darkness. Now, Heart of Darkness is a book by Joseph Conrad, and, and this is sort of what the song's about. And when he says, I've looked into it, it doesn't mean looking in the book. This isn't a song about Blaze reading a book, although that'd be interesting. The theme of looking into the heart of darkness, a literal one, that's within the book, hence the title of the book. But this song's called The Edge of Darkness. So why isn't the song called Heart of Darkness? 
like lots of their other songs that are named after films or books. Was there a similar situation to Frank Herbert, where they couldn't name the song Dune? Well, well no. And, and maybe it's a disappointing answer, in that the song is actually based on the film that was adapted from this book, which is called Apocalypse Now. We get the first clue of this right at the beginning, with what appears to be a helicopter noise. Now in the last episode, Trevor suggested it might be a sample, but there was a helicopter preset sound on Michael Patterson's Yamaha Porter sound, which means that it might not have been a real helicopter. <laughs> Imagine the band sat round Steve's farm with a portable recorder, waiting about in the hope that a helicopter might fly overhead. Yeah, I think we'll get one soon. It's going to be cold, like. Well, let's give it another two hours, shall we? Oh, come on! I need some food! Oh, scotch eggs! You can't have a scotch egg, I told you. <coughs> what are you doing? Want a scotch egg? Well, come on, we've had a nice picnic, but, you know, they've all gone, ain't they? Blaze ate them all. <coughs> I'm as angry as you are. So, you know, I'll, I'll have a word, and, in fact, what I'll do, I won't put any effects on his vocals. How about that? That'll learn him. I think if we do this live, I could do a helicopter twirl on the stage. Like this. Oh, sit down, will ya? I could do a helicopter. <laughs> nah, it's alright. So here is the helicopter. So it suggests that it might be an epic from this intro. You know, it starts in quite a cinematic way. And you can imagine where they might have put in some chimes like Hallow Be Thy Name in addition to the guitar. And it's got quite a brooding bass line and a serious sound, so this is good. So the first line to the song says, I've looked into the heart of darkness where the blood red journey ends. Now in the book, this relates to a river, um, this journey, um, but you can see the link between the heart and maybe the arteries, you know, the blood colour. When you face the heart of darkness, it says next, even your soul begins to bend. Now I'm not sure about this. Can a soul bend? I mean, you know, they're just using that to rhyme, aren't they? I mean, we, we use the term mind bending. I mean, that often we use that to describe Trevor's poetry, but surely only solid, flexible things can be bent or bender. You know, and maybe a mind can be shaped, but a soul, I'm not sure. Maybe that can be shaped by experience. But, you know, maybe we shouldn't mention this to Trevor, or he'll mention Dorian Gray again. And there's a cultural reference for you, because I had some feedback last week from Andrew Whitnell about mentioning novels by Shakespeare. Now, this was a surprise because I've said this several times before without any comments. But, you know, I find that he, he wrote plays, so there's an error there, isn't there? So to compensate for this and to stop any further complaints, this book I've been talking about, Heart of Darkness, it's technically a novella. And that's like a short novel. A bit like a cigarillo is a short cigar, I think. He then says, for a week I have been waiting, still I am only in Saigon. There we are then. 
So it is the film and not the book. It's set in Vietnam rather than Africa. So it's strange how there's been rewrites of classical cultural things set here in Vietnam. So Apocalypse Now, in this case, and then the musical Miss Saigon, that's essentially a rewrite of Madame Butterfly. The walls move in a little closer, it says. I feel the jungle call me on. So he's been waiting, and now he's starting to feel claustrophobic. But then the song kicks in, and what he does is, he says, every minute I get weaker, which is interesting because as he says this, the song and the vocal get stronger. I can see Bruce singing this. Yeah, I, can, yeah, you, I can't see that so much on this album. Not that you should, but sometimes you'll say, oh, yeah, I could see them doing that with Bruce. Or, or maybe, you know, you can't. But in this case, I can see it. And then it says, what I wanted was a mission, and for my sins, they gave me one. So those lines might have been sang by Pterodactyl Mark, remember, after he was given the mission. And he did sing the first bit. That excitement over being actually given something to do. But then, for his sins, it was just to look at the evolution of Bernard Matthews' golden drummers. Then there's a line that says, They brought it up just like room service. They brought it up just like room service. And this is a very odd line, um, because it just sounds strange. It sounds, I don't know, off-topic almost. What, what, why are they mentioning that? Um, but then the next line says, Because everyone gets what they want. Um, but, you know, they've said earlier he's waiting in Saigon. So maybe he's in a hotel waiting for the mission to come. Yeah, room service. I mean, even though a lot of my family holidays were in resorts like Haven and Butlins, I have stayed in a hotel and used room service. But unlike this lyric, I don't think you can get what you want. You've only got like a menu, which is based on the hotel restaurant. I ordered a club sandwich and a milkshake. But if I'd wanted a fray bentos pie, then that wasn't available. So, different sort of room service. And maybe if you're an Iron Maiden, you can get what you want at hotels. You know, ice cream, a Monopoly set, girls. Who knows? And then he says, and when that mission was all over, I never want another one. And it's strange because when my club sandwich was all over, I didn't want another one. You know, it was a bit disappointing. They add money onto the restaurant price when it's ordered through room service. And that's annoying. And then the waiter hovers by the door, you know, or whatever he is, the person who delivers it up in the, in the trolley. And then, you know, you've accepted it, but he's there hoping that you put some money in his breast pocket. And in some countries, you do have to tip. It's the sort of the rules. And I remember just standing there looking awkward. But uh, luckily, my mum's friend Christine came to the rescue. The mission in this book, or film though, that wasn't something as simple as ordering a club sandwich. This was an intense military operation that's caused a bit of stress. After these sections, there's a little break and we get this guitar section that sounds very similar to Hallow Be Thy Name. And there's a bit of a whoa, but you know, we haven't had one for a while, have we? So we'll let him off. And this call back to Hallow Be Thy Name, you might think, oh, yes, we've done, they've done that before. It's just they're using the same tricks. But maybe it isn't lazy. 
Maybe it's intentionally making us think of that song because the situation of the protagonist in that song is quite similar. He's waiting to be called, uh, but this time, you know, to the gallows pole. But uh, in this song, he's waiting for a mission that actually also has an impact and makes him think. So, you know, maybe there is a similarity there. But this section, it doesn't seem quite perfect. The bass and the guitar don't quite seem to be in sync, but... I guess that makes it sound a bit live, which which is all right. And then there's a gallop as well. We've got the Iron Maiden gallop where he talks about the captain. I know captain that you've done this work before. We've got a problem, you can help us, I'm sure. The colonel's gone wrong and his method's so unsound. You'll take a BBR of River Track and Bell. I'm not sure I like the vocal section in this bit. Um, I don't think it's interesting enough. I'm not you know, glued to it. I'm not emotionally involved, which is strange. But it sounds like the words are written um, and then the melody was thought of afterwards. I don't think... I mean, who knows what I made and do normally. I think, generally, people have the melody first and then fit the words to the melody. But this doesn't sound like that. And I think that because of the way some words are held and pronounced, it doesn't quite flow for me. And, you know, I want a bit more drama, especially when you consider the, the theme of the book and the film, and, and this song doesn't quite do it. And that's been a theme on some of the other songs, hasn't it? You know, get a nice solo, a bit of a twin lead, which is which is all right. Um, although the, the rhythm underneath, uh, it sounds quite familiar as well. That, it's got some similar chords to other songs, and I'm, I can see Caught Somewhere in Time, for example, in it. guitar bit with some synths underneath and that, and that sounds pleasant but I suppose pleasant isn't really the word you want to describe the horrors in, in the film but then we do get some madness and chaos in the in the leading vocal uh, to the chorus where he says I am the knife in my hand that sounds a bit frantic so that's good But then I think overall, again, it still sounds a bit stripped back and it could be a bigger sound. So, yeah, despite having some traditional Iron Maiden tricks and that epic feel, I don't think it's a memorable song overall. And, you know, when I look at the list of Iron Maiden song titles and I see The Edge of Darkness, I don't immediately know how the song goes. I don't recall it. And maybe that's like other songs where they don't mention the title particularly. And there's no real chorus in it. So the film, the, the book, that. It's a plot about like madness um, and you know losing your mind in a strange surrounding. I can't relate to this, um, but maybe the pressure in a new surrounding that could be linked to Steve Harris and the new look Iron Maiden uh, and his divorce, of course, which which I've mentioned. Now this book isn't a children's book, but uh, Adrian Smith's been in touch. Hi, this is Adrian Smith. Um, nice to speak to you all. Hope you're okay. I've just been. Uh, Looking at my children's book, editing it, you know. Uh, but uh, it's difficult because I've seen the news this week that people have been considering rewriting old classic children's books, you know, changing the phrases and the terms to fit in with the modern times. Uh, so maybe you saw it with Roald Dahl in the news. Uh, it's been quite a 
big story, uh, good old world. Um, but yeah, maybe look back at my children's book and, and maybe think perhaps I should change a few things in case your children get scared or parents get offended. So yeah, um, made me reflect a bit. Well, I'm not sure I will change it because it'd be quite inconvenient, wouldn't it, having to record my cassette audio book again? So maybe I should change the character of old Mrs. Stratton. Maybe, you know, I can't say old. Maybe just take the old out. Or maybe there's a better term for old. I'd have to look it up. And yes, thinking back, maybe gingerbread houses and crab paste sandwiches. Maybe they'd be seen as a bad example of a healthy diet. And, you know, children don't want those sort of things. Well, where does it end? I just don't know. Uh, so yeah, I might have to read through the book, check it's all okay for the 21st century. Um... Yeah, why stop at the book? Maybe, maybe I should look at the songs I've written with Iron Maiden. Uh, maybe you were right, Wayne, you know, about birth of a sex worker. Maybe that should be the song. Uh, Charlotte the Harlot might not be appropriate. You know, maybe look at some of the songs I've written. Yeah, the, the evil that men, but not all men, do. Uh, yeah, that might be an option. Uh, so yeah, there's lots to think about, isn't there? And I'm dreading talking to Bruce about his book, uh, Lord Iffy Boat Race. I, I don't think that's going to be reprinted. I think that's appropriate. So I'm sorry I haven't been on the show as much this this series. But of course it's the 90s. You know, I wasn't really there. So, yeah. I'll be back. Well, you know I'll be back. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so the song... I've not been that positive about it because I don't think the song's a success. I think that it's a good theme and it's a good topic to cover and one that Iron Maiden should be able to do well. But it doesn't work for me. And it's a bit like last week where there seemed to be divided opinion. And I imagine several people like this song because of some of those traditional Iron Maiden elements. But maybe I liked Blood on the World's Hands more because that doesn't have so many of these. So there's a bit of change for this new era of the band. Now it was played live, so you know, clearly the band liked it. Um, and it was actually near the end of the set, so a bit like where it is positioned on the album. And it was played before Fear of the Dark, so important place in the set, so interesting. Right, I'll give Trevor a ring. Hi, Wayne. Hi, Trevor. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm all right. So, uh, yeah, obviously talking about The Edge of Darkness. Um, so, yeah, any thoughts on the song? Well, yeah. I mean, I've mentioned this song before, Wayne. I suppose you've already played the clip like you've been doing lately, so make out I'm stupid. No? When was this? I was on the Clairvoyance episode. I mentioned The Witches in Macbeth. You mentioned that play last week. Oh, yeah, the play, yeah, not the novel. Yeah, well, I mentioned how they represented the three fates and that there was a panel of three in the book, Heart of Darkness, for the same reason. You mean novella? Yeah, that's right, it's a novella. Well done. A while ago, I can't remember what episode it was, I mentioned that a good tip to look clever uh, is that if you haven't seen a film that everyone's talking about, then you can say, well, I've read the book, Um, maybe in that voice. But you can't do that here, can you? Because there isn't a book called Apocalypse Now. But you can add the extra detail that the book's got a different title, which makes you look even cleverer. Is, it, is cleverer a word? Yeah. Yeah, so we both studied this, didn't we, at big boy school? Yeah, it's quite dark for children. Um, but like Lord of the Flies, also on the album. Yeah, of course. Now, yeah, I remember the, the dense, foreboding landscape in the book. Um a bit like Stitchwood Swimming Baths. Uh, maybe that was my heart of darkness. You can't compare that. It's not the same at all. All right, well, anyway, what, what do you think of the song? 
Yeah, I like it. I don't think it's a classic. Uh, maybe six and a half out of ten. Well, that's quite low, considering you like it. Well, I think seven is average. And it might be a bit below that in the grand scheme of Iron Maiden. That's because the standard's so high. I mean, I like cheese and onion crisps, but I don't buy them much. There's better flavours out there. OK, talking about standards, um, we've had a message about your poetry standard um, lately. You know, it's in decline. And you even pulled up uh, by Corker. You sent a message in, um, you talking about your sneezing, and you said you're getting your hygiene guidance wrong because you said about putting your hand over your mouth when you sneeze. I think that was in the uh, Judgment of Heaven episode. And he says the guidance now is to sneeze into your elbow or the crook of your arm. So, you know, we're supposed to be role models and, and you've just ruined it. We're not role models. Yes, we are. Well, to some people. OK, well, I'll just do this poem then and see what happens. Yeah, OK. Uh, when you're ready. Again, the edge of darkness looms as I look for inspiration in crowded rooms. As words disappear into the night, can I stop time and save a light? I want my verse to shine like stars, like the scented lilac in a faded vase. I can stand out, but I sit alone within the stocks as you hold the stone. Okay, that sounded all right. Um, what's it all about then? Well, yes, yeah, about judgments, but not of Trevor. Well, actually, it is judgment of Trevor, but by other people. Okay, well, again, it sounded good, but I don't want you to be picked up on details again after the sneeze incident. So, you mentioned about sitting in the stocks um, and someone throwing a stone or something, but uh, that, that doesn't happen, does it? It's wet sponges, that's the rules. No, well, maybe at the local fate, but uh, in, real, in the olden days, you know, when people were judged and, and, and treated like outcasts, yeah, people would throw stones. And Paul Diano threw a stone, didn't they? We learned that in the fate episode. Did we? Yeah. Okay, well, uh, fine. Um, so anyway, yeah, going back to the novel, um, any comments on it? Because, you know, you, you, it's been mentioned after my play novel matter uh, that you're the cultured one. So have you got any thoughts about the novel, maybe? Because I've mentioned Dorian Gray earlier in the episode, which is interesting. So any any extra things from you? Well, yeah, but it's pretty pointless, really, because they didn't write a song about the book. It was about the film, and the characters are quite different. I mean, there's some similarities, but I suppose what's interesting is how the characters in Heart of Darkness relate to other characters within Iron Maiden's history. Oh, right. Yeah, because, you know, Marlowe, who is the main character, he doesn't die, but he obviously suffers a lot and witnesses a lot, and... Um, Therefore, he's sort of affected by his experiences and memories. A bit like the ancient mariner. You know, he's destined, isn't he, as well, to repeat his story to anyone who listens. Oh, OK. Yeah, so maybe Steve Harris did read the book and saw that link. Yeah, OK, that's a bit of a jump. And then Kurtz, the, uh, the other character, he, he's like the evil genius, isn't he? You know, the, the gifted, um, but maybe a bit sordid individual, uh, you know, and he falls, He's, it's, a, it's a fall, isn't it? Like a legend, and you can think of Dr Faustus. Oh, here we go. I knew he'd come up. What's he got? He's got nothing to do with this, I'm sure of it. 
Well, he's not the only one, is he? You can think of other characters um, similar similar to this. Heathcliff. What, the cartoon cat? No, from Wuthering Heights. Oh, OK. OK, well, I'm going to play a Family Fortunes thing now, so I'll speak to you next week. All right. OK. Thanks, Wayne. Bye. Yeah, Trevor's ruined this Family Fortunes a bit by referring to what happens in it. Uh, but anyway, here it is. Uh, a clip from Family Fortunes from the 90s. Welcome once again to Family Fortunes. First of all, we meet the Bailey family. Right, top seven answers in this first game. You know the rules. Uh, if you feel you have one of those answers, press your buzzer. We asked 100 people to name fact or fiction a famous doctor. Baustus. Yes, well played. Answer number five. And you've won a prize. Yes. Well, here's something with some great programs on it. You've won this washing machine and tumbler. Get you. Well, I'm glad he was pleased with the prize. Right, well, The Edge of Darkness then. Well, I've never really liked this song much, um, but I don't think it's the worst on the album. Um, And maybe listening to it a bit more, uh, as I've had to do for this podcast, maybe I like it a bit more than I used to. But uh, overall, it's nothing special. And and I feel it seems a bit clumsy in places. Right, I'm on social media. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Just have a look there. I've also got a Ko-Fi page and the link's in the show notes uh, to all the bonus membership tiers. So have a look at that. And if you want to leave a tip, I'm more than grateful. And thank you to Nick Lynch for the extra fray Bentos this week. Now, some of you might be thinking, well, this is good, isn't it? Because now if we leave a comment about a question, maybe Pterodactyl Mark will look for the truth for us. But I don't want this. I don't want that becoming a feature. We've heard it earlier, and it was rubbish. So you know, don't don't be sending him in, trying to encourage him, because you know, I'm going to give it to him straight. And you might be thinking, well, I made and changed it up a bit, didn't I, at this stage? So you know, perhaps you should, Wayne. You know, you've got everything. Now it's time for someone else to shine. No, it's not happening. It's my podcast. Uh, you know, I've I've been nice. I've let people have their moments. Um, but you know that in the history of this podcast, that look for the truth about. Bernard Matthews' Golden Drummers. That's going to go down as one of the low points, isn't it? Down there with most of his other work. Eating crisps, not knowing how to use Zoom. The only person that benefits from it is Uncle Steve, because now his duelist poem has moved up the rankings. It's no longer in the bottom five, probably. So there we are, The Edge of Darkness. Another episode done. Um, 2am next week. We're getting close to the end of The X Factor. But uh, plenty to come in the 90s. So once again, thanks for listening and your support. And uh, yeah, speak soon. Bye-bye.